Real Care Health System, Excellence in Healthcare, presents Weekly Dose of Wellness. Here's your host, Deborah Howell. Welcome to the show. This is your Weekly Dose of Wellness. I'm Deborah Howell, and today our guest is Dr. Moses Kim. Dr. Kim has been at the forefront of minimally invasive technologies. In 2007, Dr. Kim helped launch the Da Vinci Robotics Program at the Michael E. DeBake Veterans Administration Medical Center and performed their first robotic prostate and kidney surgeries. Dr. Kim is affiliated with Saddleback Memorial in Laguna Hills. Welcome, Dr. Kim. Great. Thanks for having me on the show today. Oh, our pleasure. And our topic today is a big one. It's robotic-assisted and other minimally invasive surgical approaches for prostate cancer and kidney cancer. Wow. I mean, we're really at that day and age. It's pretty incredible. Yes. Um, it's it's really uh, had some great developments uh, in trying to minimize the discomfort for patients and trying to uh, really uh, make these treatments as painless as possible for the patient. So good. Now, what types of surgery do you perform at Saddleback Memorial? Well, I generally take care of any of the diseases that involve the um, the kidneys, the prostate, and the bladder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mainly treat um, cancers of those uh, organs, um, uh, especially prostate cancer and kidney cancer are two main um, cancers that I treat. But I also treat a fair number of patients with bladder cancer. Okay. Uh, and then there's a smattering of other non-cancer conditions, such as benign enlargement of the prostate and kidney stones that I also treat. Great. Okay. Well, let's start with prostate cancer. What are some of the risk factors and warning signs for men? Well, in early prostate cancer, there's very uh, there, there are no early warning signs. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, it's detected when on a routine blood test by a primary care provider that checks a PSA, which okay. is a prostate-specific antigen. Mm-hmm. It can also be detected by a digital rectal exam where the prostate is felt, and if there are any abnormal nodules, then a biopsy is performed. Okay. Um, in later stages of prostate cancer, the uh, patient can start developing more and more difficulties with urination, sometimes pelvic pain, uh, usually if that's if the prostate cancer is advanced that far, that means it's fairly advanced. Okay. All right. Um, so how often should a man get tested for these? Well, the um, a man should get tested on an annual basis uh, with a PSA and a prostate exam uh, by their primary care doctor uh, starting at age 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have a very strong family history, then I recommend starting at an earlier age, at around age 45. And then, of course, the um, African-Americans are specifically at a high risk of developing prostate cancer, so they should definitely also be screened at an earlier age, starting at age 45. Okay. Well, you spelled it out for prostate cancer. Let's do it the same for kidney. For kidney cancer, are there risk factors and warning signs for men and women? Yeah, there are. Um, there's no specific. Um, sorry, there's no specific um, warning signs of um, kidney cancer for early kidney cancer. Now, once they get more advanced, mm-hmm. then uh, you can develop some blood in the urine. So, if you notice there's blood in your urine, you should definitely go see a urologist right away. Uh-huh. Sometimes it can be accompanied with pain down where the kidneys are located. So, usually in the lower back area on either side. Um, so, those are things to watch out for. Okay. Um, some risk factors for kidney cancer would be um, if you have any, uh, there are some genetic components. So mm-hmm. if anyone in your family has kidney cancer, you should get that looked into. And then, of course, uh, smoking, which is a really big no-no these days that yes. can also lead to uh, increased risk of kidney cancer. Right. And, of course, secondary smoke. So try to avoid those situations if at all That's possible. Right. What are That's the treatment right. options for prostate cancer and kidney cancer? 
Well, the one for prostate cancer is fairly complicated, but in a nutshell, there are two options um, treatment-wise uh, in the United States. Uh, one is surgical, where we use the um, the robot to go ahead and remove the entire prostate. Mm-hmm. And then the other option would be radiation treatment um, for the treatment of prostate cancer. Okay. Um, if you have a, uh, a slow-growing type of prostate cancer, then what's become more popular nowadays is that surveillance protocol where we put a patient on a very rigorous surveillance protocol and we just watch it. And if the mm-hmm. cancer does not progress to a faster-growing type, then we just end up watching it forever and, and not treating it. Especially true in older men, correct? That That's definitely true in older men, yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about robotic-assisted and other minimally invasive surgical approaches. Um, well, uh, it, for um, for prostate cancer, um, uh, we use a robot nowadays. I would say probably about 90% of all prostate cancer surgeries in the United States is done with a robot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the surgery is done through five small incisions placed throughout the abdomen. Um, instead of one large incision. So, um, of course, there's less pain and shorter recovery time with these smaller incisions. Uh, there's much better visibility. The robot instruments are inserted through these little inc- incisions. Mm-hmm. And we also put a three-dimensional um, camera in through one of the incisions so that you can get a 3D view and it magnifies up to 10 times. So you can wow. get a really good view of what you're working on. That's great. And it's almost like the equivalent is having my hand inside the patient's body, mm-hmm. uh, but through a tiny incision. So you can right. pretty much do anything right. that you can surgically with your hands that you can do uh, with a robot. Um, so to be better cl- visibi- Yes, go ahead. I was just going to say, to be clear, when, when we say robotic surgery, people listening um, maybe have not been exposed to this type of information. It's not a robot operating on you. It's a robot manipulated by a human surgeon with high degree of experience. That. That is um, exactly correct. I control every movement of the robot. I, um, when I move my right hand in a certain direction, the r- instrument that is um, coordinated with my right hand moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with my left hand, if I twist my wrist in a certain direction, the instrument moves in that exact uh, motion that I move my hand. So uh, it's very, uh, it, it responds very well to every motion in my hands. And um, that's how it controls the robot. The robot yeah. is not pre-programmed to do the surgery. It's right. controlled specifically by the surgeon. So think of it um, as a scalpel. Um, it's just a different type of tool. It's a very different type of tool. Yes, exactly. Okay. And um, because uh, of the better visibility, you have uh, much uh, less uh, blood loss um, uh, from the surgery and a much quicker recovery for it yeah. because of that. And um, for instance, if we're going to go back to the kidney cancer treatment, um, I would say probably about 10 to 15 years ago, all types of kidney cancer surgeries, um, especially for small kidney tumors, were done through a very large open incision. Mm-hmm. And that's a recovery of about six weeks, mm-hmm. five days hospital stay, yeah. lots of pain. And now you can convert that into a surgery through five or six small incisions, two-day hospital stay, back to full speed in three weeks, wow. uh, very little blood loss, transfusion rates are extremely low. Mm-hmm. So it's really change the treatment of uh, kidney cancer. And Uh, if they needed additional um, therapy after the surgery, you could get right to it as opposed to waiting for so long for the healing process. That's exactly correct. So that uh, you can really get them to the the next phase of treatment if they need it fairly quickly. Wow. That's just such a good day for 
patients who are suffering from these conditions. Um, we spoke about the advantages. Are there any other advantages maybe that we haven't thought of? Well, um, the, 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 because the incisions are all small, the patients um, have a lot less scarring. And some of the newer technology coming down the road for robotic surgery is that you can try, um, you can do some of the surgery, some of the simpler surgeries through a very tiny pinhole incision uh, one single incision around the belly button. So when that wow. heals up, it's almost completely scarless. So in, in the right patient and with the right type of procedure, you can definitely do what I call a scarless um, surgery. Uh, and so, you know, I've definitely had patients opt for that and mm-hmm. have amazing outcomes. Wow. I, I have one question. I know it's a little off topic, but I'm, I am really quite interested in the kidney stone uh, robotic surgery. What, what do you do? Um depends on the, well, you, you, first of all, you have to pick the right patient. Mm-hmm. But uh, if the stone is located in a certain area, um, what you can do is you go in um, with the robot through a bunch of little incisions, and uh, you can uh, literally cut open the kidney and just scoop out the stone wow. and then sew the kidney back up. So the recovery is fairly quick with that mm-hmm. kind of a procedure. Um, just small little incisions that you recover uh, from, just probably an overnight hospital stay. Um, probably back to full speed in two to three weeks. Um, that is not a commonly used method mm-hmm. for removing kidney stones, but I have to say that I have done a fair number of those um, at Saddleback Hospital of removing kidney stones with the robot. Because as we all know, the pain can be just excruciating with those kidney stones. Yes, that's correct. So, well, <clears throat> so lovely that there are so many more new options available to us. I do have one last question. How do you determine if the robotic-assisted approach is appropriate for each patient? Well, um, generally, I've met maybe one patient in my entire practice who I thought the robot was not appropriate. So basically it means that it's appropriate for uh, just about anybody, um, uh, regardless of the patient's age, size, um, even if they've had extensive previous abdominal surgeries uh, with extensive scarring, you can still do the robotic surgery on that. Um, so I, you know, there's very few patients that I've met where I would say that is that that they would not be a good candidate for robotic surgery. And the uh, the improvements just keep coming every day. So I hope to have you back in a few months, and maybe uh, more developments might have happened by then. Well, great. Thank you for having me on the show today. It's our, our total pleasure, Dr. Kim. To learn more or to listen to a podcast of the show, please visit memorialcare.org. I'm Deborah Howell. Join us again next time as we explore another weekly dose of wellness and have yourself a fantastic day.